Once again, and we've got another good one. Cindy Hall will be our guest today. And here is the woman who tracks down all the survivors you've been waiting to hear from. It's the great Teresa T. Bird Cooper. Hey, Rob. How in the world are you doing today? Yeah, doing okay. Coming off, uh, you know, Thanksgiving week. Uh, we had a little bit of a, of a week off between our, this and our last podcast that we did with your old friend, Brandon Quinton. Yes, that was great with Brandon. And then we're moving right back in with Cindy talking about another car curse, just like we did not too many episodes ago with dreams yes yes uh, i like when you uh, keep up uh, thematically with these uh, different survivors i met all the famous car curse survivors i know it it's going to be interesting to talk to her about the curse because i've kind of talked to a few people and got their opinions on whether the car curse made a difference or not so that's going to be fun so rob i got a question for you yes we're in. Are we? What season are we in? We in for talking with T Bird? Because two. Are we just gonna? It's a very right, long we're in two, and we're just gonna, two. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we're gonna stay in a long season two until Survivor forty one comes back. I mean, which, do you want to end? Do you want to end season two in in twenty twenty and then come back with season three in twenty twenty one? Well. I don't. I don't really do seasons of, for the podcast. I mean, this is this this is season two until Survivor comes back. All right, then let's just do that because I did read that there's a possibility that things are in the works for possibly 41 going, of course, back to Fiji or yeah. maybe the Caribbean if, when the, I if see things it. don't work yeah. out. I believe it when I, I see know, it. No, but know. trying to be optimistic about it. So I know we're all waiting for that. All right, we season two. It is. We stay. What, are you trying two. to wrap up with me? No, absolutely not. I feel like you're trying just, to get out you know, of this. Yeah. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So, how was your Thanksgiving, Rob? Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> bird Uh, not great. It was. Not, it did not go great. We were going to be. We ordered in like Thanksgiving food because it was just going to be us. And really, I'm the only person who even really looks forward to turkey and all the Thanksgiving foods. And nobody else in my house is really a fan. Nicole could give her take it or leave it. And my boys, uh, they want like macaroni and cheese. That's it. So we ordered it in this year from a local place. And then right before I was going to go pick it up. The power went down at my house, and it would stay that way for the entire day. And that, that did not put my wonderful uh, wife in a very thankful mood. Well, Rob, I actually saw an Instagram post, and I saw the candles, and I'm like, oh my gosh, Rob is so romantic. 
They're having a candlelight Thanksgiving meal. Yes. No, it was not a romantic dinner. It was, you know, <laughs> I, I had to scramble because the, the, we've had the power go out a, a couple times here because for whatever reason that this uh, electrical grid that I'm on uh, is very susceptible to the wind. The Sounds wind, like the wind is blowing car. either tree branches down on wires or there's like a loose wire somewhere and the power went out and it did not go great. Yeah, it seems like there's some kind of curse going over there if you keep losing your power. Yeah, I think we have the know. house curse right now. Well, did well did did um Dominic and Anthony have fun with the lights out and the candles? You know, kids make everything fun. Did y'all kind of make it fun like that? <laughs> did they had fun because I had all the iPads charged? Okay. That's Your dad good. is ready for well, any emergency. Yeah. Well, I did notice that on one of the Instagram posts, I heard Nicole in the background saying something about calling you a Grinch. So I knew things were not going well. I knew things were going downhill quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know, T Bird. I have to say, from a first person perspective, I think that she was the one that was not in a festive mood that day. <laughs> okay. How was well, your holiday? Oh, gosh. So, Rob, it was great. Um, I actually ended up flying on Thanksgiving Day, which... You were working? Rob, well, actually, actually, I got to... Uh, I was down in Fort Myers on Thanksgiving morning because I messed my Delta schedule up. And, you know, I've been with the company. I've been a flight attendant for quite some time, generally you know, if you've been flying as long as I have, you don't usually have to fly the holidays unless you make a mistake. So it all worked out for the best. I left out of Fort Myers Thanksgiving morning, got back to Atlanta before noon. So I was able to get back home and um, have Thanksgiving with the family. So, you know, best made plans. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sometimes, it ha- sometimes it happens like that. Sometimes it happens like that. All right. So it kind of got me out. You know, I didn't have to do a lot of cooking. Well, let's face it. I wasn't going to do a lot of cooking anyway. <laughs> so it worked out. We had the, we had our lights on. We had the power on at least. Yeah. Well, you put your so tree up, thing. what, three weeks ago, right? Oh, I put my tree up. Yeah. My real tree. And Glenn put up his artificial tree. Fake tree. Week. Yeah. Right before Thanksgiving. And I'm not even going to ask you. I cannot even believe you would bring this up because you don't like to talk about it, but you just brought it up. So when are you putting your tree up? <laughs> when they're done fixing the rest of my house, when I don't have my whole house in disarray. <laughs> okay, but enough about my problems, T-Bird. Uh, hey, Rob, Rob, yes, 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 yes. I got to say what? this. If you, you can just, if you put up a big tree with a lot of lights without a little electric problem you're having at your house, you might have a dark uh holiday in in december too so you might want to think about that yeah i'm not having an electrical problem at, at my house like there's something in the like the block is going it's not like that somebody's using too much power when the wind blows <laughs> yeah but you don't care what's going around the block you just know you don't have power at your house yeah oh okay all right yeah. All right, I'm just trying to look out for you. All right. Well, okay. T-Bird, we're going to talk to uh, Cindy Hall in uh, just a moment. But first, let me thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. And uh, this is one of my favorites, Legacy Box. They are the authority to digitize your old home movies and turn them into something that you can watch 
now, T-Bird, that I know that you are probably like uh, so many of us, probably got a bunch of like uh, camcorder, VHS tapes, all sorts of uh, different media of uh, all these uh, different life moments that have happened over the years, no? Bruh, absolutely. Right beside the desk here is a huge box full of my DVDs from Survivor Africa that CBS was so kind to send me everything from the mm-hmm. from the promos to all the shows to everything we did and here they sit so yes i need yeah, to get your these VCR legacy boxes perfect yeah well i don't i don't ever play this stuff but I, I would like to save it in case my kids well my kids aren't interested but in case my grandkids might be interested one day well i yeah. don't have grandkids yet either but you never know well, T-Bird, you better move on that stuff because those tapes don't last forever. That's where I Legacy know. Box comes in. We did this for my mom a couple of years ago for Christmas that you send in your tapes on Legacy Box. They are going to take very good care of your precious memories that you put a, a label on each of the tapes and there's a barcode and they're going to track it every step of the way and give you an email at every step of the process to know how your tape is doing as it ends up being digitized to a format where you can either get it as a digital download or DVD or on a a thumb drive and they'll send the original media back to you as well over the past 10 years. Legacy Box has helped close to 1 million families restore and protect their most cherished memories. My mom loves it, especially that my dad isn't around anymore and she says she likes to go back and watch the videos just to hear his voice on on the video so it's a great memory for people and it brings back so many times of past holidays it's a great gift for people that are especially hard to shop for right now and right now they're offering 60% off so you can have everything preserved at once for a fraction of the regular price and then once you have the digital versions you can relax knowing that they'll be secure for generations Tiber. you don't have to worry that you're going to spill a cup of water on those tapes What a great, this is a great, great holiday gift to give your parents or your kids. I mean, this is the the best idea. Memories. Yeah, Legacy Box. It's something you can order in minutes and your loved ones will enjoy forever. It's the best deal of the year. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Rob to take advantage of this limited time offer and get 60% off. This exclusive offer won't last long, so order their kit now and they send it whenever you're ready. You get the box from them, you load it up with the tapes, and you send it back to them. It's a sale to remember. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Rob and save 60% while supplies last. All right, T-Bird, we've got Cindy on the line. Let's go ahead and take it away. Okay. Today, I am thrilled to introduce our guest from season 11, Guatemala. This season included quite a few firsts. It was the first season to include both new and returning players. And unlike Island of the Idols, season 39, where the two alumni, Sandra and Boston Rob, were mentors and did not compete, the two returnees on Guatemala, one per tribe, were, quote, resources to help their respective tribe mates and would be competing on the season. This season also introduced to us a new twist that we are all quite familiar with now, the hidden immunity idol. Guatemala, or the season of the twins, proved to be one of the toughest environments with the extreme triple-digit heat, the crocodile-infested waters, the chilling sounds of the howler monkeys, the relentless mosquitoes. Oh, and if you believe in curses, 
Then there's also the infamous island Parkhurst. Our guest today, a zookeeper who grew up in Maysville, Kentucky with her identical twin sister, Mindy, has always had an affinity and empathy for all creatures, great and small. A self-described tomboy, she wanted to be part of the fascinating social experiment, and she wasn't doing it for the money. I wanted to prove things to myself and to other people, she has said. She describes herself as passionate, naturalistic, and tenacious. And I would most definitely say her love of animals is her passion, her love of the outdoors, her naturalistic side, and the fact that she applied for Survivor every season for five years shows her tenacity. She would be voted out on day 36 on the show titled Big Win, Big Decision, Big Mistake. But not until Probst warned her about the car curse, where no Survivor player who obtained a car after winning a reward challenge has gone on to win the game. Jeff gave her the option to give up her car and give the other four players a car, but she said she didn't believe in the car curse and giving the others a car wouldn't make them give her $1 million. She also explained, quote, a new car was as likely in my life as a million dollars, end quote. She told the Naples Daily News that she was not upset at the way things turned out and she wouldn't have done it differently. I introduce to you my survivor twin, both girls raised in the South, both have a twin, and we were both voted out of our respective seasons on day 36, making her very first appearance on RHAP. The girl who has been described by one of her castmates as another Dr. Doolittle, the girl who thinks about Guatemala when she sees the stars through the sunroof, the keeper of the zoo, Cindy Hall. Wow. <laughs> Hello. Hey, Cindy. Cindy, what an intro. That's quite the intro. Wow. You uh, brought back a lot of memories with that. <laughs> Cindy, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, actually. Um, happy to say I'm doing very well in these really strange times. Yeah, happy to hear that. Cindy, Rob and I were talking. Yeah, and Rob and I were talking. Neither one of us have actually met you before. I haven't talked to you until right now. You have a very strong Southern accent. <laughs> Well, I think it's a little stronger because I just listened to you talk and it just automatically it brought it brings out. it out in me when I'm around somebody like that. Because um, yeah. there's, there's times when it's not as strong and then other times where it's very, very obvious. And this would be one of those times. So, <laughs> Good. I'd love to hear it. Help me with that. But yeah, uh, I did grow up in Kentucky. You know, I spent uh, a lot of my young years there and that type of language is kind of with me forever. I haven't lived in Kentucky since um, 1993, 92. And uh, clearly, it's still still pretty thick there. Cindy, could you tell us a little bit about where, what you're up to now and where you're living? Oh, goodness. Um, that's <laughs> a story in itself. But I do uh, live here in Naples, Florida. That's Southwest Florida. Um, I've been a resident here for, oh gosh, the majority of the past 20 something years. Um, I did take a little leave of absence from Florida and went on a great adventure to California for two years in uh, 2010 and found my way back to Florida. Been here since then. Um, I do still work for the Naples Zoo currently and um, 
My role there has changed a little bit over the years. I'm a supervisor of the hoofstock and primate areas at the Naples Zoo. So uh, hoofstock animals, for some people who don't know what that is, if it has hoofs, that's my department. That's my area of specialty. And, of course, primates being uh, monkeys, apes, uh, lemurs, gibbons, and things of that nature. And then also, um, on my days off, I trim horse hooves for a business. Whoa. So I pursued that education and certification through Liberated Horsemanship in Ohio. And that really uh, kind of took on a whole life of its own without a whole lot of effort. And I'm extremely passionate about it. And uh, that fills up my days. That's what I just finished doing. I've been trimming hooves all day and kind of wanted to get finished on time so that I could be available to talk to you guys. So about 10 minutes ago, I finished trimming a horse. So, Cindy, clearly you love animals. And I've read through the past, you've had a lot of different animals. What do you actually have now at home, at your house? (laughs) Not as much as I used to. Um, Right now, at, at my actual home, my residence, I just have my two dogs and my three cats and my giant African tortoise. And then a little ways down the road, I'm keeping my horse. I have an Arabian mare, and then I have a mammoth donkey who um, is a little bigger than my horse. Um, so when I say donkey, people have an image, but he's not what you're thinking. He's giant, and he's black, and he's white around his eyes, and he's incredibly handsome and intelligent and fabulous. So um, they're a little ways down the road, and uh, I take care of those uh, guys myself as well. So Yeah, so not that many animals. No, not not nearly like it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> what did it used to Cindy. be? Cindy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, when I went to California, I did, you know, kind of downsize a bit, um, that kind of uh, travel. And I, I went to California without a place to live or a job or really uh, knowing anybody. Um, I hauled my four cats and my giant tortoise and my two horses across the country. I didn't think that guinea pigs and lizards and snakes would fare well under that kind of a mm-hmm. unknown circumstance. It would be pretty stressful for them. So I was able to um, find them suitable forever homes so that they didn't travel across the country <laughs> in an uncertain world. Because taking two horses with you when you don't know where you're going to live makes perfect sense. So, Cindy, did you take all those animals in your 2006 Pontiac Torrent? Because I read you did. I took my tortoise and my four cats. And uh, yeah, I didn't have the dogs at the time. I picked up a couple of dogs in California. So they joined me in the Pontiac. (laughs) But yes, we did travel across the country in the Pontiac and back. And that Pontiac, I'm telling you, it should have a podcast of its own. Um, It has so (laughs) many stories to tell. (laughs) Please, Cindy. We're we're, we're, we're ready. It currently resides at my home as a pet as well. So um, it still exists and still gets a little drive here and there to keep it going. It's just not my main source of transportation. Yes. I need something that would pull a horse trailer um, based on, you know, life today. But it's still there and it still still works just fine. And it's, it's got a lot of stars to tell uh, a lot of stories about. I lived in the Pontiac on many occasions in California on very cold nights. It did serve as my shelter. Cindy, are you saying that are there negative stories? Do you think that the Pontiac Torrent, when there was a car curse, the actual car was (laughs) cursed also? Absolutely not. My goodness, that car has been my savior on so many occasions. 
Um, I'm very happy to to have that in my life. Um, I, I really don't think the car was cursed at all. So the good stories from the car. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good stories. Uh, just uh, extreme amounts of adventure that car has been exposed to. Gosh, so, Cindy, I didn't think we were going to jump to your 2000 Pontiac Torrent so quickly, but we have. So I'm <clears> curious <throat> to know this. I know okay. you said that you would do nothing differently. Do you do you have an idea if you had given the other four players a car and not kept this very attached Pontiac Torrent that you have now? Do you think it would have made a difference in you being voted out that day, day thirty six? Absolutely not. Yeah, and I think a couple of seasons after mine. Okay. Uh, that whole situation with dreams. Yeah, and we just know, talked to dreams, and okay. yeah, that the car doesn't mean anything. It's, you know, in this kind of situation, it it really doesn't. And honestly, I mean, we we kind of assumed that the car would be the reward based on some of the clues we had, and the people who were left all discussed how having a new car really wasn't a big deal to them. I mean, if I had had the choice to say, okay, only Lydia gets the car. Um, I may have been the way to change my mind because really she was the only person there who I think would have valued a brand new car to Mm -hmm. the extent that I would. Um, So, yeah, the other ones were like, you know, I don't need a car. I've already got a brand new car, blah, blah, blah. So in my life, having a brand new car is not something I would ever have, nor would I never have a million dollars. So I may as well take what I can while I can. And it's not, I knew it wasn't going to save me. The only thing that's going to save me is to have immunity. Yeah. And Cindy, look, I I don't know what Lydia is up to. And maybe we can get that update. But all those other people are very wealthy. They they didn't end up needing (laughs) uh, cars from you. No, they really didn't. It didn't mean that much to them. Uh, You know, something material like that wasn't a big deal. But having a new car, not having a car payment for some of us, myself, um, that really would have changed the way that I live. The rest of that crew is all doing okay. Yeah, they're doing fine. Yeah. And so, you know, Cindy, that's so funny because Dreams, pretty much, uh, Rob, didn't he say almost the exact same thing? But I do want to I do want to mention this. I did talk to Rafe. I talked with Stephanie and I talked with Judd. And they all said that you giving up the car would not have made a difference. Now, I yeah. know Judd was yeah. not in the mix at that time, yeah. but he gave his opinion. And he actually said that he didn't think it mattered at all that that. Y'all had talked, the group had talked, and that all of them would have kept the car. So if that makes you feel any better, you made the right decision. I think so. I mean, really, the only thing that would have changed the outcome at that point is if I hadn't won the car, period, and I was one of those other people, and it was someone else's decision. Really, the only thing that might have changed the course of action moving forward. You feel like that if somebody yes. else made the move to not give up the car, that, that maybe everybody would have been mad at that person? I think it would have changed people's uh, plans maybe a little bit mm-hmm. just based on who the people that were left were. Um, yeah, I think it might have like justified some action maybe more so for yeah. them if they had that car. Cindy, what was the fan reaction at the time when uh, that episode happened? Were the were the fans feeling like you made the right decision, or were the, the the fans upset that you didn't end up giving everybody else a car? I really think most most of the people that I talked to, um, the opinion was that I did the right thing. Yeah, you know, 
take what you can get when you can get it. It's Survivor. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going to happen yeah. tomorrow. So, yeah, it, it seemed to make sense. And then, I don't know, I talked to Rafe a little bit afterwards, and he said he kind of maybe exaggerated things and made it sound like that I was going on and on about the car, and I really wasn't. But he uh, just kind of exaggerated his statements about me doing that after I won the car. I yeah. don't know why. It was silly, but... He's yeah. a writer. He yeah. you know, writes, yeah, uh, writes stories. He didn't... I don't think he really felt that way. Yeah. So at the time, it seemed like what I what I read was that Lydia and Stephanie seemed to be really okay that you didn't do it, but Danny and Ray felt like you should have given them the car. Except Danny and Ray had brand new cars and had no need to have a brand new car. And if they did get a brand new car, it wouldn't be a Pontiac Torrent. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I don't think they really right. felt that way. Yeah. Maybe they just said that because it sounded good. Mm-hmm. Cindy T-Bird said in the opening that you had applied for to be on Survivor from the get-go. I, I didn't know that about you, that you were a big Survivor fan from all the way back. Yeah, um, I didn't actually watch the first season, but given my lifestyle, um, <laughs> which was pretty eccentric, everyone who knew me who had watched the first season um, really encouraged me to send an application. They thought I would be perfect for that show, and I thought it was you know, kind of a, a TV thing and it wasn't real and I don't have time for that. I'm covering some fishing lures by my fire in my front yard and going out on my canoe with my dog. <laughs> I don't have time for this. <laughs> so people uh, people really encouraged me there and finally they're like, oh, well, shut up. We'll just send an application. Mm-hmm. So I, I did and that was the second season and then when I saw the people that were picked and it wasn't me that kind of lit a fuse in me, a little fire like, oh. Why would they pick this person? I can totally do what they do and better. Like, so I have a competitive edge that kind of drove me to continue to apply. And um, I sent in nine applications. So over five years, almost um, every season for five years, I finally got got my chance. So, yeah, nine times I, I did all of that. So, Cindy, do you think it was timing or did you step up your video each time? How did you change your video since you were trying to figure out each time, how can I get them to notice me? What did you do from the start? How did it evolve? I think maybe, it, it, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a producer. It may have had something to do with timing, but I, I think it had a lot to do with the fact that I had applied multiple times. And initially you want to be like the perfect survivor contestant for them to pick. And that's, not really who they want. I mean, Survivor is interesting because it is a mix of people of all different walks of life and pretending to be someone you're not is they know that and that's not who they want. They want the real deal. So I think over time, I just started to become more Cindy and stopped editing out all of the like misspoken words and the Mm -hmm. slip ups and the giggles and, you know, those things that make you who you are. So I think uh, keeping the outtakes in <laughs> probably would w- have worked to my advantage. And then I, I got a, just a little bit more um, outlandish as time went on. I think my, my final one, uh, and I don't know if this is what got their attention, but I hung from an overpass that had a lot of bats fly out at sunset, you know, a bridge over water. And I put on a bat costume that I made out of black sheets and I spread my wings and was hanging from repelling gear upside down. 
And it was when um, Catwoman came out the movie. So I kind of like drew a connection to um, Catwoman and Batwoman being better than Catwoman. So it was kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I don't know if that wow, was, it's... I kind of grabbed them, but I just got a little bit more outlandish and became more myself and giggled more and laughed about like laughed at myself. You know, that's an important part of someone's personality. So maybe that helps. I don't know. That's great advice for people to apply that are that want to apply. Just like you said. Yes. And you were Catwoman? I was Batwoman when Catwoman was out. <laughs> Batwoman. Okay. Batwoman. Okay. I thought that was more Batwoman. of a more of a new thing, Batwoman. It was really fun to do that. I'll I'll always remember that part of my video. Mm-hmm. Did you get a sense of what they were looking for you to be on the show when you went through casting? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think really they just want you to be yourself. And I think every season we always have somebody who's kind of like the nature person who's Mm -hmm. like, it's totally okay living out in the, you know, woods and stuff, kind of a woodsy natural person compared to somebody who lives in a city who's never been camping in their lives. I mean, you want that contrast. So maybe that's the niche that I filled. In my particular season. Did anything happen when you were in casting, when you went through the process that stands out in your mind? Everything. The entire process. Every single time I went through another phase of it, I just was like, you know what? If it all ends here, this was fabulous. (laughs) I sucked in every moment that was presented to me. I mean, oh, when we when we had the um like kind of final interviews uh in LA I mean that was like I had the time of my life and I don't know if that's the case with everybody but I really enjoyed it and I I can remember going in and speaking with the you know the people who were um interviewing me in the process and they kind of seemed shocked that I was having such a good time locked in a room by myself <laughs> what, what, what were you doing by yourself um, I did a painting. First of all, I wanted to have a memory of this experience. I seriously wanted to like remember every moment of this entire process. This was such a big deal. And so I brought my paints with me and a couple of little canvases. <laughs> and I wanted to have memories. So there was a painting on the wall in my room. And so I replicated that painting myself with my own paints and canvas for one. And then um, I also had brought some porcupine quills with me from an African crested porcupine at the zoo. They shed their quills because they're basically um, compacted hairs. So I had some quills and I was cutting them into little pieces and hollowing them out and threading them onto necklaces. So I had made some porcupine quill necklaces and I had done a painting. And then uh, when you go and they ask you how it's going and, you know, how's this isolation thing? I'm like, oh, let me tell you what I did today. (laughs) (laughs) So, wow. so Rob, I had read that. Yeah, I had Rob. I had read that Cindy, of course, Cindy was what around thirty, thirty-one. That you had never stayed in a hotel before, before by yourself, right? No, I'd, I'd never stayed in a hotel by myself. I'd never. Well, that's why you had so um, much fun then. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a little bit scary in the beginning, but I don't know. Um, once I got got there, it you know it wasn't scary at all. Like the, the plane trip out there, and then I can remember calling my sister. And saying, you know, the instruction says to hail a cab from the airport. I, I've never hailed a cab. How do I do that? I was so sheltered. Oh, well, that's so cute. <laughs> so, so, Cindy, when you, when you were out 
there. Did you recognize any of the other players on your season out there at the time? Did you see them during finals week? Did you size them up? There was a few that I had noticed during the finals week. Um, And it wasn't really a big, no big shock there on uh, personality and behavior, honestly. Um, Yeah, I think it kind of had them sized up correctly. Uh, And then, I don't know, Bobby John and Stephanie showing up, kind of threw a wrench in everybody's plan, I think. Yeah, could you talk a little bit about that, where you had played in the season that was after Stephanie and Bobby John uh, ended up playing, and then you guys were out there. Did you have any inkling that there were going to be uh, two Survivor alumni joining your season? I really didn't, and you know, maybe I just live in the dark and don't investigate these things. Maybe some people knew, um, but social media just wasn't what it was back then, so it was really, really harder to to get that kind of inside information. Um, So I really had no idea that that was going to be the situation we were walking into. Mm -hmm. And did everybody recognize Stephanie and Bobby John uh, instantly? Like, or was it like, uh, okay, here's Stephanie. And who's this other guy? I feel like the majority of the cast members did recognize them right away. Maybe there were a few, I don't know. I can't recall exactly. Maybe there were a few that, I weren't quite sure what was going on, but I did. And I I feel like most of the people did. Mm -hmm. They knew who they were. Now, whether or not they were happy about their inclusion in our season, I don't know how everyone else felt about it. Um, I wasn't thrilled. I didn't think that there was novelty in this. I thought this was big trouble. So I had read that you were excited about Bobby John, about seeing Bobby John. But then I did see that you weren't happy at all about the Palau cast, uh, the two Palau coming back, that it wasn't memorable at all, Uh, that it took away from the game. It took away from y'all, the game. It did. I really think if you did a redo of Survivor Guatemala and took those two out of the picture, whole different season. Who would win? Um, Is it you, Cindy? Possibly, because, I mean, the whole reason I didn't win immunity had to do with Stephanie, but also... I had told them multiple times, you guys need to get rid of her. The minute she joined my tribe at the tomb, when we had that switch, we got off the boat, we were walking back to camp, and I told them, look, the first chance we have to get rid of her, we need to get rid of her. She will beat everyone. She has done this before. Mm-hmm. And people didn't want to listen to me. And you don't want to, you know, kind of keep working on that too much because it might get annoying to people. I said it once, I said it loud and clear, and it just didn't stick with anybody. And I was totally right. But I spoke my piece. Um, They just didn't take my advice. What was the appeal of uh, a uh, returning player like Stephanie? Was it just that, okay, she knows what to do, and if we just, uh, you know, stick with her, then things will end up uh, being okay? She can get us to the promised land? I think a lot of people were led to believe that and i don't know why if you've ever watched any season of survivor you would think that that was reality Mm -hmm. she's there to beat you just like everyone else but cindy and cindy and rob that is true but remember when boston rob played and won because the he had the players following him and doing everything he said and that was his season yeah well if uh she hadn't been there, it would be a different season because they would have not had her to follow. They wouldn't have had her to be 
you know, their voice. And well, if she says this is what we should do, that's what we should do instead of thinking for yourself, which is the whole way you got on this show. So why not use your own personality and your your own mentality to get ahead in this game? Why are you letting her lead you astray? Because that's what she's doing because she wants to win. Nobody wanted to listen to me. So, Cindy, let me ask you this. Of the finals, if you had been sitting in the finals with Lydia, Ray, Stephanie or Danny, could, do you feel like you could have beat any any of those last four? Yeah, I, I sure do. Yeah, I really think so. All right. Oh, it's a ding. Oh, my. Which was probably okay. why they got rid of me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't have a lot of well, enemies. And maybe that was my downfall because everyone knew okay, that. Okay, so, Cindy, let me tell you this, what Rafe said. Rafe said that he... When I asked him if anything would have changed if you had given him the cars, he said no. Because he said that he had promised to take Danny, that Danny had promised to take him to the final two and that you hadn't, you know, so it was more about that for him. Was staying, you know, in an alliance with Danny. We didn't have any kind of verbal contract that I said, hey. Let's work together and I'll take it to the end. I didn't do that with anyone. I can't make those kind of promises. I don't feel like anybody can in good faith. I mean, things change right. by the day. Change, they change by the minute. And obviously they changed with Danny. Um, yeah. We didn't have that kind of, no kind of contract. So I, I really don't think that had that much to do with it, but okay. Well, it's interesting too, because Judd actually told me, it, all right, basically exactly what you just said that he felt like y'all had a silent alliance. And he said, I don't even think, yeah, he said, I don't even think she knew it, but I felt like, you know, I was not going to let anybody get rid of her. I said, y'all can take Brooke, you can take Margaret, but not Cindy. She stays. Wow. So he didn't know if you ever knew that or not. They never told me that they were voting Judd out. Why do you think they left me in the dark on that? No, it was never spoken, but probably people just felt it. Because Judd kind of was that kind of guy. He told me, I, I don't even remember how early on, but I know we were hiking through the woods real early on. He was like, oh, I got your back. If anything comes your way the wrong way, I'm going to take care of it. And I hardly knew him, but he just had a thing like that initially. He wanted to be my big brother. You know, he actually said about you, he said, there's nothing to not like about Cindy. That's sweet. That's what he that said is- about you yesterday. That's really sweet. Yeah, I yeah. just can't get over how yeah. tapped in T-Bird is with the Survivor Guatemala cast, T-Bird. <laughs> You're such well, an insider. I mean, yeah, really. Well, you know what? Because, because Cindy, you and I have never met. And I, as, I, as I was looking and, and reading about you and learning about you, I'm like, oh, my gosh, Cindy and I have, we have quite a bit in common. That, and I never knew it. So I was interested to find out about the car curse, if it really would have mattered. And I was interested to hear from other people on your season, what they thought about you. And wait till you hear what Stephanie said. You just let me know when you're ready. <laughs> Tell us now. That, uh, don't you tease ready? us. Yeah. I know. I okay, probably okay. Uh, loaded up some conversations about Stephanie that were unfavorable. And uh, maybe I was portrayed differently on TV and it may have been a shock to people, but whatever. What, Cindy, okay. what you think she said something negative about you? I think she probably has some things to say about me that aren't great. No, nobody says negative okay, things stop, to T-Bird. Stop, yeah. stop, slow it down. Slow it down. No. Okay, here we go. 
This is what Stephanie said to about you to me yesterday. She said, I owe her big because she took me on that amazing reward and she is an incredible, beautiful, kind, interesting soul with a gorgeous identical twin. I loved hearing her life stories, especially about her time at the zoo. Aww. That's what Stephanie said about you. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. That's and, really and fantastic. Said, that makes me feel really good. I, I, that's a big surprise to me, actually. And Cindy, she said that she totally understood why you did what you did to the car. And she said, you know, you never know what you're going to do until you're 100% in that situation. So she backed you completely. And I can promise you there was nothing negative. This is everything she said, and it was all just wonderful stuff. So, yeah, I thought you would enjoy hearing that. I totally think Stephanie would have done the same thing in that situation. She would have kept that car whether she needed it or not. Because that's just how she she rolls. (laughs) Cindy, who are the people, if anybody, that you keep up with still from Survivor Guatemala? Um, occasionally I'll just like respond to a couple of like social media things with Judd and, and his wife, Kristen. Mm-hmm. Um, when I've run, you know, run into them at some of the uh, fundraiser events, which has been a really long time. I always spend a lot of time talking to them. We're always so happy to see each other. It's like, you know, seeing a family member. I don't know why just from like day one, um, and even meeting his wife, Kristen and my twin sister, Mindy, they hit it off. It's like, they're, you know, somehow some distant relative that finally found each other. It's it's really cool um, how close we all just kind of instinctively feel. And then um, I do on occasion have a quick conversation with Brandon. It's been a while. I used to talk to him more, but he is one person that I, you know, kind of try to stay aware of how things are going in life. Um, I think he's a highly underestimated contestant from survivor guatemala and i would love to see him on another season if there were ever an opportunity because i feel like we would yeah really like i don't know everything that he says and thinks that he could have been good right he got he just got a raw deal yeah that's honestly one of the one things if i had a chance to change anything i would have found a way to keep brandon and turn the tables and uh i think it would have been a different game for Mm -hmm. everybody but yeah, I would. I wish I had been a little more in tune with the gameplay and the strategy, and found a way to uh, work the system and keep him around. Because I, I really think that would have been a big deal. I feel like I didn't try hard enough. If I let anybody down, it would have been. I didn't try hard enough. And Cindy, you mentioned about the connection you had with with Judd. Do you think that had anything to do with y'all both being identical twins? And and haven't having an identical twin and have you stayed in touch with jamie who also has an identical twin yeah he does um i haven't talked to jamie very much just again i crossed paths with him a couple of times and at like a fundraiser but it's been many years and we just weren't as you know uh we just we didn't have that instant connection on the same level as i did with judd and and maybe it was you know Judd being identical twin and um, also his wife and my sister having that connection probably um, made it even stronger and influenced that relationship a little differently. Do twins often okay. uh, end up associating with other people who are twins? Is is that a big thing? It's never happened to me. Oh. but um, And I didn't even know that that was 
Because you know, T-Bird is swooning over you, and I thought that maybe that uh, T-Bird found another twin, and it was like, okay, well, now you have, you're in the club. I don't even know that many well, people who have twins. Like, I have an identical twin right. themselves, or I, I don't even know that many people, but that's the case. Well, I'm actually not supposed to be in the club because I don't actually have an identical twin. We're fraternal twins. So I'm kind of halfway in the club, kind of halfway in half. But my, I have a twin brother. And do you, so, so, Cindy, do you and Mindy have that connection that identical twins have where you're like, did your parents dress y'all alike? And do you have these feelings at the same time? Does she live down there in Florida with you? She actually moved here to Florida um, in 2012, I think. Yeah, I was in California. And honestly, that's kind of one of the final things that said it's time for you to go back to Florida because she moved here. And I had wanted the chance to live with her for over 15 years. She lived in Cincinnati and uh, she was here. And, you know, it just seemed like here's your chance to finally be with her, you, you know, to be able to go over to her house and have dinner anytime I want or go see a movie or, you know, just common everyday things. I never had that chance for 15 years. And um, seemed like I should take advantage of that. So that was one of the final things that pulled me back to Florida was her moving here. But yeah, we do have that kind of connection. All right. So was she ever interested? I was curious with all the, the three sets of twins on your season, why we never saw you and your sister on Blood versus Water. Was that ever an mm-hmm. option? Because you guys would have been amazing. It was brought to our attention once. Um, we were kind of in the final stage of that process. I mean, I think so. I don't know. I'm not one of those uh, CBS producers, mm-hmm. but we had been a part of the process for a bit. And something happened that changed the casting, I think, towards the end. I, I don't know all the details, so we got pulled from that opportunity. But that would have been amazing. But honestly, there were a lot of, like, major things happening in my life at the time that maybe that probably wasn't the most favorable thing for me to have been doing. It would have, I feel like, caused a lot of turmoil. So maybe that just was not my time to go because I had some important things I needed to take care of in my life. I had, honestly, I had an age horse who was in her last years of life who needed round the clock care. And had I gone to uh, partake in that, I, I feel like I may have come back and she wouldn't have been with us. So. Maybe that's the reason it didn't work out if you want to look for some reason. But yeah, I would have loved that opportunity. That would have been absolutely fantastic. But honestly, I would not want to have to play the season of Survivor against my sister because I don't know a single person who has the strategic mind that she has on that level. Oh, she'd be a big threat. Huge. Huge. If she played Survivor, there's no doubt in my mind she would win. I don't care who's on the season. It's kind of crazy. Would she vote you out? Heck yeah, she would. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Would she, have, would she have given up the car? Would she have given up the 2006 Pontiac, Pontiac Torrent? I don't think so because she's got his twin sister back at home that needs a car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she would have got <laughs> the right. car to give to me and I'm not kidding. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back with T-Bird and Cindy Hall. But first, 
thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast, our friends over at Echelon Fit. And the first lady of podcasting is here to help us talk about Echelon. Nicole, how are you? I am good. Just got done with my workout. Yes. Okay. Nicole, what's going on? Oh, well, I want to I wanna talk to you guys about how you can stay in shape. Yes, me personally. I might be looking at listeners. you. Yes, Look- well, you're looking at me, <laughs> making me self-conscious. Well, when it comes to getting in shape or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment, of hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. So let me introduce to you Echelon Fit, the evolution of fitness. Yes, go on. <laughs> Let me break this down for you. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and the all-new Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. So no matter what your favorite fitness activity is, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your home. That sounds good. And where are you going? You got to burn off that quarantine 15. (laughs) Why do you keep talking about that with me? (laughs) Uh, I, I'm feeling like I'm, I'm taking this very personally. Wink, wink. Yes. Santa's got to earn those cookies, baby. <laughs> well, with Echelon, they offer world-class instructors that will motivate you with thousands of daily, live, and on-demand studio-level classes that are always available when you need them. And bonus, unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable, affordable for everyone. And one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Time. Yeah, if Cindy Hall would have had that with her car, she could have let the whole tribe have access to it. It would have solved all her problems. That's exactly what I was thinking. Right now, you can try the Echelon Fitness Equipment at home for 30 days. 30 days. 30 days is a long time. It's a long time. It's enough to burn that quarantine 15. <clears throat> yes. Nicole, what's that website one more time? <laughs> Go to right now, right this very second. Go to echelonfit.com slash R-H-A-P. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash R-H-A-P. All right, Nicole, thank you so much. I will try to uh, pick up my self-esteem and continue on with the rest of this podcast. Or you can get on the treadmill. Cindy, can I ask you about the opening to Survivor Guatemala, where you guys went on? Uh, it really looked like it was a, a you know torturous uh, day that you spent uh, to get to those camps. And I, I think Survivor Guatemala is actually very underrated in terms of being one of the hardest Survivor seasons they've ever done. Uh, was, was that as bad as they made it look on television? Oh yeah, it was probably worse. Um, I think there's a lot of stuff they just can't put in because. They can't make you really feel the way people are feeling. I mean, I know me personally, I live in South Florida and I'm outside rain or shine doing a lot of physical work. So that's not new to me, but um, not having resources and having to um, traverse the jungle on the hills and it being flat here and then it raining and the dirt, the mud would stick to your feet and make your legs feel like they weighed 100 pounds each. Um, that was pretty strenuous so I, I think that would have been a strain on anyone physically uh no matter what walk of life you're from and they they just can't put that in into you know the short amount of time that they have to edit it into they put a lot of focus on how that was influencing bobby john because he's a guy and he's you know big and strong and has this persona about his previous season and he was he was crashing. So maybe that's how they uh, chose to show how harsh it is. Because if this guy's breaking down, then it must be really hard. But um, 
yeah, I feel like there were some details that were significant that you just, it's hard to convey. In that mm-hmm. sort of time. It's not surprising, Cindy, that you did as well as you did. I mean, with your love of the outdoors and, and just being able to adapt. But I, I read that you actually canoed to work. Canoe to work. I did at the time. I did. (laughs) Yeah, it was my life. Honestly, wasn't that different than Survivor. (laughs) Um, Actually, um, I had someone come visit me uh, a little while after my season of Survivor, and at the time, I lived on a um, horse ranch um, just at the edge of the um, Picayune State Forest, which is near the Everglades. And she came to visit. And she took one look around and she says, you know, when you were in Guatemala on Survivor, wasn't a big stretch for you, was it? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. This yeah. Kind of yeah. <laughs> so, Cindy, was the social game harder for you than the physical game? Because for me, it absolutely was. Yeah, the social game, the psychological part. The social game for me, for sure, because I think. Uh, Maybe I'm just a little too, like, genuine and honest and a bit naive. Even today, I mean, years later, I'm still naive as to, you know, what people are up to sometimes. I kind of just give everyone the benefit of the doubt until they give me reason not to. So, yeah, I guess maybe the social game because you kind of always assume that people, like, are as genuine as you are and they're not. And then when you find out they're not, it kind of hurts you bad. And then you got to figure out what to do with that and move forward. And you got to do it quick because it's a game and keeping that into perspective that, you know, it's not personal. It's a game. That all is definitely a lot to deal with all at once. Yeah, it moves fast. Now, did you have I, I read that you had a lot of various conflicts and shouting matches that were never shown. Oh, yeah. Is Cindy, that true? Tell this us. Is true. Yes, tell us. I snapped a few times. Yeah. And. Honestly, today, I think I have a different level of emotional intelligence than, than I did then. So that probably wouldn't happen. Who did you fight with, Cindy? Was it Lydia? No, of course not. How do you have an argument with Lydia? <laughs> if you can't do the pancake, yeah. Well, I can't do the pancake, but she wouldn't be mean about it. Neither would I. Hmm. Um, Who was uh, it? Gary and I didn't. Gary, didn't Gary Hawkins. Well. Yeah, right. Gary. Um, A.K.A. Gary Hogaboom. Yeah, he just, I don't know. I don't think there's any reason, gameplay or not, to tell somebody that you didn't think they deserved to be there. You don't know me. You don't know what battle I fought to get here. You don't know what this means to me. You haven't even had a conversation mm-hmm. about what it means to me with me. So to say that was completely unnecessary. I mean, you can be strategic and play a game. But you don't have to be that way. So he he did state that, and that kind of lit a fuse with me. And then, uh, I don't know, things just kind of... Why did he didn't... say that? Why did he say that to you? Was he just pushing your buttons? Maybe. Maybe he wanted me to look like a loose cannon and give people a reason to not like me. I don't know. But I didn't like it. It just wasn't right to say that to somebody. Because, I mean, I fought tooth and nail for years. This was like... The only If you met me prior to me being on Survivor Guatemala, you would know within five minutes, the two things that Cindy lives for is the zoo and getting on Survivor. And that is it. Top priorities in my life. <laughs> so for him to say that I didn't deserve to be there, yeah. are you kidding me? 
Wow. Done with the last five yeah. years of my life. Think about how to get on this show. <laughs> Cindy, do you feel like that maybe as a former athlete, uh, do you feel like that Gary was kind of entitled and used to getting his way? And then uh, when he wasn't getting his way, that he was the one that was actually uh, getting like uh, a little short with people? I think maybe so. I mean, I, again, I don't know him on that level. And honestly, I didn't know who he was after it was revealed mm-hmm. i didn't care i mean you're just a person on survivor that wants to win a million dollars against me so i don't care like what your professional um public life is so maybe that was a problem because maybe that's how he connected to people and that wasn't the case with me i don't know but it was a problem i, I remember one particular challenge was in stages and the people who finished um first would move on to the next stage and i beat him out to move on to the next stage and he disagreed and asked for them to review the tapes which proved that i did indeed beat him yeah, but that's the sign time. of a sore loser i had a hard time yeah. <laughs> review the tape kind of silly mm-hmm. but yeah mm. yeah then, but tifa you, you said multiple dust-ups and and uh, fights with people yes. I'm, who else cindy said, yes various conflicts and shouting matches that were never shown <laughs> Um, that's I don't, what I'm saying. No, all of them. I know. One time, I kind of went off <laughs> some of the people who were filming me in an interview, and I was really surprised that didn't uh, make any kind of airtime because Jeff Probst referred to me after a challenge as a sloth. He said that I had basically been a sloth the entire season, had finally come to life, and I think it was the challenge that had a lot of like obstacle climbing that raced somehow mm-hmm. miraculously pulled out um but i think it was that one and they asked me later how i felt about being referred to as a sloth bunch of probes and i just let them know honestly i mean if you want to really think about it it's kind of a compliment because yes. sloths are an entire ecosystem <laughs> within themselves certain animals would not exist on the planet that was the wrong the insult right to go and, and come at you with an animal insult yeah. actually I mean, that's a, a really cool animal yeah it is so if you want to call me the reason why other species of animals exist on the planet i'm okay with that <laughs> Well, Cindy, I'll tell you this. Maybe I maybe Jeff said that because I asked Judd to describe you in three words, and he said kind of sloth-like adjectives. Uh, I think he said quiet, calm, and unique. So let's, that's kind of sloth-like adjectives, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Quiet, I guess calm, does fit. Um, it does, but calm and slow. Sloths are slow, and I'm definitely not slow. When I need to move, I, I'm quite mm-hmm. nimble and agile, even in my old age these days. <laughs> I'd say maybe the word for you would be strategic. You were sitting back. You were just, ex- you know, watching things. Did yeah, they know I that am. you were a pet count? Did they know you were a pet counselor? That you, you're just sitting back, studying the situation. Now, tell me exactly what a pet counselor is, because that is fascinating. Did you know oh, this, Rob? As, I didn't know this. Cool. It's not as cool yes, as it sounds, got but I think that was a marketing thing back in the day, many years ago, just before my zoo days. Um, I worked for a pet store, and they called their employees pet counselors. Oh. So, oh, okay. I mean, well, most people probably didn't actually work towards that. 
I probably have always been a pet counselor my entire life. So mm-hmm. um, that particular name probably fit me better than any employee in the entire company. Cindy, can I ask you an animal question that since we have you on the line, I have a friend of mine. He was very recently, we were talking about animals and he was really anti-zebra. He said that he thought that zebras don't even belong in a zoo. They just have cool colors. That's the only reason why they're in there. And he also said that he thought that they were probably a uh, top five stinkiest animal. A, a zebra, which I saw, I never, I never heard that before. They it, don't smell. Yeah, there's no. no truth to that, right? No, they smell like a horse. There's no difference. I mean, they eat high fiber, low protein diets. Usually, animals have high protein diets have uh, more aromatic species. Um, mm-hmm. Zebras, they don't smell, and they're extremely important to the environment. And their populations are under extreme decline. Some species of zebra are clinging to existence, critically endangered, tiny little bits of habitat, fragmented genetics. Um, They're extremely important for people to learn about and appreciate and have that connection to. Um, They're extremely important to their ecosystem because some species of animals will actually travel with herds of zebras when they migrate to new areas because zebras can eat old growth plant matter with low nutrition and then clear the path for the stuff underneath that has high nutrition that other species need. They also dig water holes for other animals to have supplies of water in times of drought. So, mm-hmm. yeah, zebras still a really important niche, and it's really important for people to know about them. And they don't smell, and they're super cool. Yeah, I actually have uh, zebras yeah. at the zoo trained to voluntarily walk up to an area in the fence that I have an opening made, and they'll put their feet on uh, wooden blocks and allow me to trim them the way I trim horses. See, you know your stuff. I'm going to play this for him. Rob, did you get that? Okay. I got it. Good. I can go on and on about uh, zebras. Yeah. <laughs> They're really cool. Rob, are you getting ready to play something? Z- about for a zebra? No, I, th- I said, well, I thought you were getting ready to say, let me play this. No. Okay, good. No. So, yeah, don't ask Cindy an animal question unless you really want to really know. I really wanted to know. That's why I asked stuff. it. That's I great. I can say all kinds of things about zebras. Just real, but real quick, what are the top five uh, smelliest animals? Um, gosh, anything that eats fish, honestly, otters, um, we don't have otters at my facility. I haven't worked directly with them, but I've been told that it's, it's pretty aromatic in an otter habitat, but considered diets that are high protein and that's, that's going to be a stinky animal. Mm Um, mm, I don't know. Okay. We can come back to this. It doesn't really bother. I'm a bad person to ask because. I'm around it all the time. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. Sorry. Right, so, Cindy, you were a huge fan before, but you're still a big fan of the show now, right? Yeah, absolutely. When the, when I have time to watch, I do. What are right, what has been your? I want to ask you what your favorite season is of all the seasons. For whatever reason, what's your favorite one? Old school or new school? I really, I think I'm old school more than new school. There, there's a few people um, in new school land that. I think would are really cool and played a great game, but I don't know. I think I'm the old school because I feel like it needs to be hard physically and mentally. It needs to be a little bit of learning how to like live off the land and be resourceful. And I, I think we've moved away from that significantly from the early days. Really, Survivor Guatemala is kind of the last time we saw a real struggle with existing in the environment as well as the social game. So... Yeah, I would go towards that. But favorite season, that's really hard because 
some seasons start off, I feel like really lame. And then I'm like, oh, dang, this is getting good. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't say for sure one particular season. Um, well, and there's been so many. I can't, I can't pinpoint one right now. Okay. Well, how about most recently? Did you watch Winners at War to see how Danny was going to do? I did. And yes, I was. I wasn't surprised. Oh. <laughs> I know that sounds bad. Oh. Cindy, Cindy, why weren't you surprised that Danny was targeted early? Look to- who she was against. For heaven's sakes, these are like, I don't know. These are the people who make Survivor Survivor. And I really, I don't think that her game in, in Survivor Guatemala was that strong. I think, you know, sometimes people win because... Right place, right time, not necessarily because they were some kind of strategic mastermind, because I really don't think she was a strategic mastermind at all. So you feel um, like that Danny was out of her league on Winners oh, at way, War? Way. It was obvious from the start. Oh my God. And there was, I'm so, just, not just me. Cindy, I mean, lots of people. Why? Said Who that. else is saying this? <laughs> just about everybody that I told. Your, your Survivor Guatemala group chat? no i don't have one of those i don't have time for that um but no i just just like people at the zoo it seemed really obvious to me no i don't even have time for them (laughs) but okay cindy Cindy. like keep rolling with me i'm either you know at the zoo working or taking care of my horses or trimming hooves i mean it's it's nonstop. i stop around 11 or 12 at night i sleep five hours hit the ground running at 5 30 the next morning yeah, but Cindy, let me ask. Let me ask you this because you you said that about Danny, but all the old school were taken out. Were there any? You know, Ethan. You know, you know, my Ethan here. Well, were there I any old school was... players? Were there any old school players that you thought should have, could have advanced into the new school with the new school players? I would have really liked to have seen or, Ethan stay in there longer. He was definitely a fan favorite from everyone that I've ever talked to. Um. And I just, I, I feel like he, he definitely had a strategic mastermind mentality. But of course, anybody else there knows that and is going to take a chance to, you know, get rid of him if they can, because he's got all the skill set to win. Um, right. Yeah, I would have, it, it, I would have been thrilled to have seen him win. He was definitely on my list of favorites. Cindy, do you have any other favorite players from Survivor history? Well, there's a lot of them. I just was thinking about that on my way here this afternoon uh, to do this. Um, I know one that kind of surprised me was Natalie. Um, Natalie I, I Anderson. Like she, yeah. I came into it thinking one thing about her, and she just seemed to you know, really come to life. And now she's I, another I, like, twin. Yeah, she is, and that's yeah! weird. Strong, um, strong strategy and kind of, I feel like, was underestimated in the beginning, and even physically just really like came to life. And I I liked her take on things, and she seemed very intelligent. And you know, I don't know. I liked a lot of things about her. I've never met her, but hopefully one day I will when all of this craziness happens and we can all come together again. And that would be really cool because I I don't know. I like a lot of things about her. Um, I really like okay, so Sid- on and uh, I know he wasn't like somebody that's super memorable, but I feel like in a different season he would be more significant also are there any of these players that remind you of you of your gameplay or your background hmm interesting i don't know 
Maybe. Well, I don't maybe know if you not. know this or not, but who? I don't know. If you have somebody in mind? Well, no, I don't know, but I don't know if you know this or not. But uh, the general from our cases, he actually manages T-Bird? the Brooklyn Zoo, right? <laughs> what? 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 Rob? What? What? I'm just what? What, Rob? <laughs> he does. I think he does construction at, at the zoo. Well, he said he manages the Brooklyn Zoo. Zoo. I like the way that sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you even ask Cindy if she's single before you're trying to match her up? (laughs) Well, I wasn't going to do that, but you you fell right into it, Rob. (laughs) No, I'm trying to stop you. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't even going to go in that direction. Mm -hmm. Now, if she wants to tell us that, she certainly can. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. If you can find somebody that can keep up with me, I am serious. Cindy, have you ever met (laughs) Troyzan? No, I've never met him. Okay, he's first off in the Florida area has had multiple yes. monkeys uh, at his uh, house. That would be a, that might be a problem for me. Oh, you don't like monkeys after Guatemala? I like monkeys, but I feel like they should not live in private ownership. No, because- I think he has. I think he has a uh, property. I think he has property. I don't think they're in the he house. Is- yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. And are they rescued? Does he I, breed you know, them? I don't know. <laughs> Particular. I mean, I don't know. Uh-oh. I'm all. All about the genetic diversity and species yeah. survival. I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't answer all that. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm out over my skis here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, Cindy, I want to ask you this because I know you weren't a big fan of the two players, uh, Bobby John and Stephanie, playing in the game. But did you read or see after the fact a couple of the other players that they were looking at? To fill those positions, do you know who they are? Because I want to get your opinion on them. If it hadn't been Stephanie or Bobby John, all right, they were looking at Jonathan Libby and Wanda Shirk, who were eliminated oh, in day two. Survivor Palau. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they looked at those two. All right. So, and guess who the other two they looked? They were looking at. They were looking know. at Michael Scoop, Michael uh, Scoopin, and Roger Bean. You dodged a bullet there, uh, but it, from I, that, so I think from that, no. The, 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 some of the people just say these things and then they put them on websites. No way. Get out of here. Um, they said I, I don't know, Rob, because I, I looked at a lot of this stuff. This was back back earlier, earlier, earlier when I was talking to Roger. Um, they said that they were looking at. I mean. You know when they were looking at bringing two returning players back, they didn't just mm-hmm. look at Stephanie and Bobby John. You know they yeah. had probably they had a you know Cindy. A, I don't a, think they looked that hard. I think they said, okay, how do we figure out how to get St- Stephanie back on this show, and then Why? who else do we what bring reason? back? Yeah. I don't, I don't get yeah. it. <laughs> That's right, Cindy. People that did exactly. that watch her on television liked her. I liked her, but not to that extent. I mean, come on. It's a new season, a new life. There's like yeah. five million different personalities out there that would yeah. be well-suited for this. Cindy's such a straight shooter. Uh, I, I love this. She is uh, a straight shooter. Yeah. Who else can we ask about? Uh, Cindy, who who, who else uh, can you tell us about from Survivor Guatemala? Um, let's who, see. Who are some people that you wouldn't want to go back out there with again? Uh, well, we kind of covered them. <laughs> Gary, uh, mm-hmm. Stephanie, Bobby John, um, hmm, maybe not Jamie, because man, there were days where you just I could see that who you were gonna get and yeah, <laughs> what I was gonna do with that. Cindy, let me ask you about Margaret because that uh, she was somebody who was on the show. And she had a lot of uh, friction with with Judd. 
but uh, you got along okay with with Judd. So, what was she like? Uh, she was very pleasant in my connections with her. I didn't have, you know, anything negative to report. Um, maybe she kind of was taking things a little bit out of context mm-hmm. with the Judd situation. I mean, it is Survivor and. Maybe you should like take a step back and evaluate the situation. I don't know. That's just me. I don't, I can't expect everyone to be like me, but yeah, uh, acting out like that really just sealed her fate. Because, Cindy, you were there for what I have called uh, what I think is maybe one of the craziest tribal councils of all time, if not mm-hmm. the craziest tribal council of all time, when Margaret accused Judd of having <laughs> ADD. Oh my gosh, that was terrible. <laughs> and he did oh not God. like that. Not at all. And then anybody there would have known that that was just going to send fireworks out of him. Yes. What was that like to be at such a crazy tribal council? I think it was even more crazy than what people saw on TV, honestly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that'll wake you up a little (laughs) bit. (laughs) If you're you're, uh, thinking, you know, how this is going to go. It Mm -hmm. got a little crazy. Yeah. Judd needed to simmer down a little bit. He was getting out of control there for a while. Mm-hmm. Do you have any good stories about Jim Lynch? Oh, he was such a nice guy. I have nothing but like nice things to say about him. Again, who knows what would have happened if he hadn't injured himself from the get-go. I, I think he would have certainly been there much longer and uh, been someone to consider, you know, how are we going to beat this guy? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, he just his story wow. got got uh, sold short there from the beginning because he had a major injury that kind of didn't even come out that much in in the um, airing of the show. Yeah, but what yeah, was his injury started. from? What was his injury? He dislocated from, his shoulder. Was that it? No, he um, during that challenge where we had to pull the boat. It was like the first like challenge um, outside of the jungle trek where we had to push those boats. He um, literally tore the bicep away from its attachment on his arm. Like you could see Not it balled good. up uh, in, his, in yeah. his arm. Hmm. Yeah, so that that's a pretty significant injury. And it's going to be hard to play the entire game of Survivor in that condition. I mean, you could, but you'd be real uncomfortable and extremely challenged. <laughs> well, unless, you can, you unless you're your like arm. Stephanie... <laughs> Unless you're like Stephanie and you dislocate your shoulder and you just knock it back into place. I don't know. It just felt like the time to say that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess so. Remember? <laughs> Stephanie wasn't as old as Jim What's... either. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, Jim was 63. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, Cindy, Cindy, you had an interesting, you had a, a, a pretty interesting jury question. What yeah. your question, whose vote do you think you're not going to get? If you could remove one jury, one member of the jury, who would it be and why? Yeah. And I, I okay, that was geared really towards Stephanie more so because I felt like she um, didn't really earn that. I know this sounds bad. I felt like she didn't earn that place. Um, strategically, she didn't think for herself. I shouldn't say strategically. She didn't have enough independent thought um, getting to that point as I felt she should have. Um, I think a lot of the 
major moves came from Rafe. And she did wisely use him as kind of her messenger, a little puppet master thing going on there. So he delivered things and it made it look like it was him when really she was behind it. Um, but I don't know. I, I felt like she used a lot of ideas from Rafe and vice versa. And I wanted her to prove to me that she had that independent thought and that independent strategic side because this is a million dollars, people. So. I mm-hmm. asked a question that required her to utilize some independent thought and strategy. If you could remove one member of the jury, who would it be and why? So you can make something up or you can be honest, but either way, give me an answer. She had okay. no response. Yeah. No response. Yep. And that is the worst thing you can do if you want me to give you a million dollars. Didn't even try. Had no answer. How do you give someone a million dollars who gives you that kind of response to that question? Did I want Danny to win? So, Heck no, because I don't feel like Danny did what she should have done to get a million dollars and win Survivor either. But you didn't even try to answer my question. Okay, <laughs> we're starting to see that little. We're, we're, <laughs> all right, so Cindy and Rafe and Rafe actually said about you. I thought this was pretty interesting that you were the one on his season that was most like him. That y'all really bonded, that he loved, he absolutely loved playing the game with you and hanging out with you outside of the game. But he yeah. thought y'all had the most in common. So that was, I thought that was a really fun and interesting That was really sweet. Because we, we had some connections. I think some like um, connections through like where my sister lived and some people that we knew oddly in common. And um, I did choose him to go on one of my rewards, but. Um, involved going into the water and it was over my head and he was really sweet i felt safe with him i don't know why i felt safe with him um and you know he like i'm not very touchy-feely he said you know i'm not the person that sees like somebody i haven't seen in a while and like runs up and hugs and screams out loud and that kind of thing so you know i trusted him to help me through some of the water that was over my head and he recognized that that was a big deal for me so um yeah, we, we kind of had a little bit more of a connection on that level than just gameplay. Cindy, in yeah. the finale of Survivor Guatemala, that when Jeff talks to you at the reunion special, uh, that you had said that you lost your job at the zoo. Was that just because of that uh, they filled your position while you were away? And how long did it take you to get a job back working at the zoo? Uh Absolutely not. It had nothing to do with them filling my position or for them, for me to have left an intentional void at the Naples Zoo. Um, I was actually fired by the person who operated the zoo and was one of the owners of the zoo at the time. We were privately owned. Why? We're now a, non- we're now a nonprofit. Things are not that way. We're a legit accredited um, AZA institution. But at the time, things were different. This was many years ago. And I was the employee who had not had a vacation in 10 years. I did not ever take time off for anything that, like I said, the, the zoo and survival were the two most important things in my entire life at the time. And um, I had an opportunity to have an interview to be on Survivor. And it was one out of, like, I don't even know how many thousands of people they interview initially. So I just had an interview and the minute I got the call for the interview, I called the zoo and I requested the day off. And anybody who knows me knows if Cindy asks for a day off, it's because of 
something survivor. So um, the, the day was rolling around for me to have my interview and somebody wasn't going to be there. And they always knew they could rely on Cindy because if they told me I was needed, well, I was going to be there for two. And I said, I can't be there. I've got an appointment that I have to keep. It can't be rescheduled. And I had to drive all the way over to Miami for my interview. Mm-hmm. And um, I think he tried to bully me into surrendering my opportunity to be on Survivor. Big mistake. For my interview. Oh. Yeah, he tried to um, tell me that I was on probation. And then he tried to, he had, you know, days later, someone call and uh, tell me that I'd um, was going to be suspended. And then a couple of days later, somebody called and said that they were accepting my resignation. I mean, this was just all nonsense. So long story short, ended up not being employed by the Naples Zoo. And um, I did end up coming back. I think it was a year and a half later, I got a call from the very same person apologizing for his unprofessional behavior. And that was a mistake. And would I consider coming back? And so after some negotiations, I did. And they were very good to me at the time. And then uh, I wanted to know what it was like to work at another zoo and not just any zoo. If I was going to know what that was like and learn something, I was going to the zoo, San Diego. So that's where my California adventure started, which people have told me I should write a book about because the events of those two years are (laughs) unbelievable. You're teasing us with the the car should have a podcast. You should write a book about (laughs) No, this is legit. I'm not kidding. Every single person who has heard the story is like, when's the movie coming out? This is completely insane. Cindy, you know, you know we have no survivor right now. That we could, This is all we need good stories. Yeah. Cindy, I know who I'm going to hook you up with. Jervis. Jervis is making movies now. <laughs> and don't you think he's the one? Yes. Yes. We got to hook you up with Jervis. He just came out with a movie. Have you heard it? It's called Stealing a Survivor. Yeah, maybe it's a so podcast series. To do a no more than a movie. Stealing a Survivor? Yeah. No, I've yes. heard of it. Yeah. You ha- yes. So he needs to do a spinoff, and that's where we bring you in. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. Yeah. It's going to be great. Well, you know that show? What show? That show that used to have, I don't know if it's still on, like Discovery or something, that is like, I shouldn't be alive, and they tell story of some event that happened in someone's life that they shouldn't have survived but they did Mm -hmm. that's me in california (laughs) okay all right all right so cindy the guy at the naples zoo that called you back that actually let you go years back but called you back is he aware that you absolutely have said back in 2015 that you want to play again that you would play for double the time and no monetary gain is he gonna let you go back for your second chance He's not involved in the zoo anymore. Um, some of his there other we go. Apps. All right, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole different world, and I feel like if I had um, the desire to participate in Survivor at this day and age, I probably would have a lot more support than I did at the time. So we uh, we function differently these days. Do you have the desire to go back? Oh, 100%. I've been back to Guatemala twice already on my own and paid to sleep in the dirt. Whereas before, you know, I fought to the nail to sleep in the dirt. No, I've been back there twice. I love it. I will always feel like there is a part of me that was meant to be there. There's something about it that feels like home. It always has. It always will. And I really needed in my mind to solidify that this was a real tangible place and that I actually could come back. So I had to go there. Um, no, 100%. Uh, 
anytime. And it doesn't have to be Guatemala, any way or any time. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm down for it. I, I don't care if there's any monetary gain whatsoever. How do you feel about Fiji? <laughs> Fiji? Fiji's a walk in the park. Yeah. Are you kidding me? That's where it's been. Compared to Guatemala? Well, Cindy. It's a vacation. But Cindy, I read that sh- I know, but I read you wanted to go back to the jungle, just not back to Guatemala. And you've been back twice? Yeah. Yeah, I've been back there twice. <laughs> there is something okay. about this All Mayan right. ruins in Guatemala and the Halcon that just feels like home to me. It's really weird. Um, yeah, I've been back there. Have you brought any animals back? No, no. you can't bring back animals. <laughs> no. That's their jungle home. They belong yeah. there. Yeah, are you letting people on flights with animals? No. Well, hey, look, you know, we have a lot of support animals on the support, flights. Sure, now. support animals. Well, that's yeah. another story. All kind. But, but, Cindy, Judd said yesterday, and this is why I actually said that, that you would have brought some animals back home, uh, that you probably had a hit a turtle in your bag if you could have. So <laughs> Judd said that. He, oh, oh, and he's the one that called you another Dr. Doolittle, by the way, that I said in the intro. Oh, that yeah. was from Judd. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, I wouldn't have brought an animal back from the wild to, you know, to Naples, Florida. That wouldn't have been a good outcome for that animal. <laughs> I mean, I would obviously give them all the care but they belong there. Cindy, do you have any uh, memorable stories about uh, meeting Blake Towsley? I don't, I mean, outside of Survivor? Just in or out of the I know you didn't spend time with him in the game. I didn't spend a lot of time with him in the game but maybe that was a good thing (laughs) (laughs) i know a guy who's a huge fan of blake towsley um okay i mean everybody's got their one fan (laughs) favorite (laughs) i don't know maybe i didn't know him that well but the story that i got i just it was hard for me to buy into the i'm dying but now i'm gonna be the hero of this challenge but now i'm dying again Mm -hmm. oh no i'm fine that that was hard for me. And then his stories, they were uncomfortable for me yeah. to listen to. Um, some of the personal details about things, whether they were true or not, I found unnecessary. And Yeah, maybe unpleasant. a seed of truth. Yeah. And if I, if I were the person he was talking about, I certainly would not, not th- be thrilled. Th- that kind of information yeah. to other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that kind of bothered me about him. So do you have your gameplay on um, Guatemala? You, did you give? Could you give your sister Mindy, you know, any advice at all when she went on Rock of Love, the Rock of Love bus, or I Love Money? Um, Is there anything you could give her from from what you had experienced well, could, on, your, you just, on your reality show? Back up show. for a second, because I think that uh, some of the listeners may not know that your your twin sister that we've talked about that she was also she was also on a reality show as well. Okay, so I'm going to have to probably preface this whole story a little bit i talked her into that this you talked her into going on rock of love <laughs> she did not think this out it was so far from the realm of possibility in her life um she did not fit the demographic of a stereotypical rock of love anything <laughs> in any respect um and she she was out one night in cincinnati at you know one of the like martini bars places and someone approached her and they were a representative and asked if she had watched the show and would she ever go on it and she said absolutely not i do not dance on stripper poles and there is no way i could ever kiss brett michaels 
I like to watch the train wreck, but I don't want to be a part of it. So she called me and she told me this happened. And I was like, oh, there's no way they're going to put you on that show because it's just uh, people in the adult film industry and strippers and <laughs> you're none of those. <laughs> so, um, I mean, she was like living in corporate America at the time. She wore a suit to work. Mm-hmm. So she, um, that I said, you know, if they want to do an interview on camera with should at the giant corporation and you're animated and you're interesting. So, you know, they might put you on something, but it's not going to be that show. So you should just go to the interview. And so I talked her into it. She went and then she came back and she said, you know, there's no way they're putting me on anything. I screwed the whole thing up. I said all the things you told me not to say, like, I, you know, it can. There's no, no way they're going to do anything with me. And then days later, I think she called me and she was like, so they want to know if I'll go on a tour bus for six weeks, <laughs> like in three days. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you will. And she was like, oh, no, there's no way. And I'm like, what do you need? Just let me know. I'll go buy it. Just tell me. And I was like, Mindy, when in your life will you ever be able to say that I live on a tour bus with a bunch of uh, adult film <laughs> industry people and I want a washed up rock star like you don't own a house you don't have kids you have nothing holding you back just go to say you did it and come home in three days there's no integrity involved in the show so if you quit nobody's gonna care mm-hmm. <laughs> and like they won't keep you there anyway you don't fit anything about this show and and of course she was like the one he should have picked but didn't because there was a penthouse pet on board <laughs> mm-hmm. and then so she, she kind of dodged a bullet right she 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 made it to second place. She was second place. Yeah. That's, yeah. She, how many she was girls the one started? That everyone thought he's going to pick her, and then he didn't. Did you have to marry Brett Michaels, or is just you won a prize? No, none of it's really legit. Nobody actually like ever really has a relationship with him. Yeah, because it's her, like Flavor Flav like actually like was married right during all during all this. I don't know. Maybe I. I didn't watch the, any of that. Yeah, I never don't watched take, don't, yeah, take that with a grain of salt, listeners. I don't, I don't know that for sure. So the follow-up to it, though, I mean, kind of the silver lining in all of this. So after that show, because she was clearly a fan favorite, um, afterwards they had some follow-up shows of the people who were on I Love Some Things That Didn't Win. Yeah. So they have a chance to win money instead of love. Yeah. So um, she went on I Love Money. And she was told from the get-go, don't even unpack because we're not keeping you. You'll be the first one voted out. No one wants you here. Who she told her that? All the other contestants. She lost every single challenge. She was up for elimination every single time. But in the end, she won the money. <laughs> and wow! When, when she, um, in the beginning, they go around the room and they ask the contestants why they want to win the money. And she she said she wanted to win the money so that she could buy her sister enough hay to feed her horses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, uh, did you get the she hay? Won, uh, she actually she helped me buy the horse trailer that helped me travel back to California um, with my horses to Florida, and she helped me out with my donkey. <laughs> so um, it came to fruit. I mean, it, it goes full circle <laughs> with us, but. Uh, then when she was down on the beach and she won, you know, the final challenge, the first thing she said, she holds up that giant check and she's jumping up and down and she's going, Cindy, I won, Cindy, I won. I can't wait to get home and tell her. Mm-hmm. So 
that meant something to me. You know, I, I feel like maybe I led her astray in the beginning, but it wasn't that bad in the end. <laughs> But I'm so telling you, her strategy on her. that game, if anybody were to know the story of how she made it through every elimination when she was the person who was supposed to go, how she won all those battles, it is complete reality TV brilliance. The strategy involved, I would have never come up with that stuff. It's just kind of almost scary that she has that ability. So she would be so underestimated on Season of Survivor and she would totally win. Wow. Well, I'm telling you right now, Rob, this is what I'm saying. We have got to campaign to get Cindy and Mindy on Blood versus Water for Survivor because not <laughs> only are they beautiful, outdoorsy, strategic, determined, strong, sassy, with attitude, I think they would be fantastic. <laughs> hey, yeah. I bet, I bet, I'm serious about that. Definitely. I would love every minute of it. And especially today, because a lot of time has passed and everyone changes. And I feel like I've matured. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I feel like my level of emotional intelligence is different. And I have come into my own and I'm more secure in my own personality as happens as we age. And it would definitely be a different, a different situation for me altogether. And then to have my sister there. Uh, scary, but you don't think fantastic. You don't think you don't think we'd see the various conflicts and shouting matches that were never shown on Survivor? You might, Guatemala. but they'd probably be There's... between the two of us. people. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'd fall on the ground laughing right. hysterical about how dumb it was that we were so mad over something so stupid. T-Bird, anything <laughs> else for fun. Cindy today? No, Cindy, I have really, really enjoyed learning about you yeah, Cindy, and your you're great. personality. You've got such an amazing personality, and and you live right down the street from me, pretty much. I do. Where do? You, where is that? Yeah, I'm Georgia. I'm in Georgia. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, not that. Frankly, <laughs> <laughs> it's a long street. street. Yeah, um, Cindy, yeah, maybe one day. Look, we've got no survivor to talk about. Would you? Would you come on and tell us your California adventure one day? I would love to because it really is kind of beyond <laughs> what you could ever imagine and it was an important part of my life and i, I feel like you, maybe there's something things yeah this could be like a new thing where somebody comes on and tells like a like a storytelling uh podcast you know i've thought about like npr the what like is the, the moth. moth radio hour. i've thought about that because people tell me wow. man this is you, this is what you should do people need to know that well this we would it's, be honored if you would consider it cindy i would love to yes. it's been a long is it time, a scary story yeah oh my god some of it is yeah (laughs) yeah okay yeah but here i am stronger (laughs) than ever so it it made me who i am today and i tell you if i went on survivor again based on that experience people should be worried if i survive that i'm pretty sure i'm gonna survive everything else okay cindy are, are you on any social media yeah i have uh i mean obviously facebook and i have an instagram account my sister is trying to get me on board with that because i'm not very good at it and i don't have a lot of downtime but i do and then i have my um tough care practitioner page as well wild hoof and hand do you want to give the link out to people um at wild hoof and hand is my instagram account i don't have a cindy um instagram account okay i'm a primate primate hands and then a hoof stock with hooves so that kind of goes along with my professional career at the zoo 
wild hoof in hand. All right. Well, Cindy, thank you so much for joining us. This was so much fun. You're welcome. It's a good time to to go over all of these uh, old stories. Yeah. Well, this was great. Please consider coming back and uh, we want to hear your California story. I would love to. Just let me know. I'm on board. All right. Well, Cindy, we'll, we'll keep in touch. Okay. All right. All right. Take care, Cindy. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Cindy. All right. right. Bye, Cindy. Bye, Bye. T-Bird. See ya. T-Bird, there you go. Yeah. Yes, what do you think that happened in California? I don't know. I hope I it's mean, not a sad story. I don't know, but you know what? She said, I think she just finished by saying that what happened made her stronger, but I don't know. I got the feeling that she was pretty tough. You know, she was pretty tough already. Yeah. I mean, she's got she's got such a strong spirit, so she doesn't seem one to be pushed around anyway. Because, you know, when she played, well, she was 31. I mean, that's certainly not a kid, but it's still, you know, 31. So, yeah, I think she's always been probably, you know, pretty strong-willed. So, yes, mm-hmm. wasn't it interesting? Yeah. I, I learned so T-Bird, much about her. I want to go back to something you said. Um, you said what? that... And tell me if uh, if I heard this wrong, but you you said to Cindy that you struggled more with the social game than the physical game in Survivor Africa. Oh, absolutely. The physical, the uh, psychological part, absolutely. The physical part was n- not difficult because you played on it, like the hardest season, T Bird. No, that it was, was a nothing for you, part, but... Africa. No, that was no, a walk no, no, in no, the no, park. No, no, no. No, but yeah, only because, only because, remember, we just had Brandon on. From the second the game started, it was terrible. We were split. And and I kind of think that I can get along with people pretty easily. I mean, I thought, you know, I can kind of navigate through the personalities. But I wasn't able to really do that because our tribe was split from the beginning. Mm. So I kept thinking, how can I get past this? So. The water situation was really bad and having to walk to get it. But no, the psychological part was was terrible. Okay. It was terrible. Yeah. Right. What about for you? What? What about for you on Amazon? Well, what, what about what, Amazon what, for you first? You asked me what was harder, the the social or the or the physical or like what was harder? Psychological. Yeah, I say the psychological part because what was the hardest for you? Mm, it was all very easy for me, honestly, T-Bird. Well, of course it was. Yes, it was. Yeah. Well, let me go to this. So what was the hardest part on the next season? You played? <laughs> oh, oh, no, everything. Was that it was easy? everything. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that was. <laughs> but So, yeah. Sorry, Rob. I, I don't know what made me throw that out yeah. there. But, Rob, it's kind of like, it's like Cindy said. When you go out there, whatever your personality type is, and I'm kind of one, I'm, I'm very trusting, and I feel like if you're not doing anything to, to ruffle anybody's feathers, then everybody's going to get along. Well, see, that's not what happened with our tribe. So I didn't think I was ruffling any feathers, yet I still didn't get a friendship bracelet. We had to bring that up, the mm-hmm. friendship bracelet. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was challenging. It was challenging. Okay. All right. Well, T-Bird, this was not a challenge. This was so much fun with Cindy. Uh, great job yes. tracking her down because that was not an easy one to come by, right? Well, 
I, I knew she has been kind of quiet about Survivor. Yes. So I figure when people are really quiet, there's a reason. That means they're really not you know interested in talking too much about it. But I have aggravated her the last week or two, and she has been so gracious and so wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, this is going to be fun, too. I'm not going to even go into this right now, but I'm learning more about, you know, when I'm reaching out to these different players that I really want us to have and the RHAP listeners want to hear. And I've actually got stories from different ones. Don't ask me. Don't ask me. I'll tell you. We'll talk about it another time. But I'm learning things about people's personality, how they either won't won't even answer me back mm-hmm. or if I reach out or if, even if I reach out to people to say, hey, we're going to have this person from your season on. Can you give me a quick little fun story? Or it's interesting how you learn from about people just from the way they react to you or, or don't react to you just for asking simple questions. So that's a whole nother story. Okay. All right. Well, T-Bird, great job. Once again, you can follow at T-Bird Cooper on social media. Uh, anything, yes. anything else you want to let the listeners know this week, T-Bird? No. Um, I'm just, I'm excited that we got Cindy from Guatemala. I'm working on some, a few others that I think the listeners are going to be happy to hear from. However, keep your recommendations coming because I've got a list and, and I'm, I'm working on all of them that you're sending me. Okay. All right. Well, T-Bird, great job once again. We'll be back next time with more Talking with T-Bird. Of course, you can uh, support everything we have going on here at Rob as a Podcast. Head on over to robhasawebsite.com slash patron. We're going to be talking more Survivor this week with Mike Bloom. Uh, we'll be talking about, we'll be ranking the all-time greatest Survivor hats. Will T-Bird's Atlanta Braves hat make the list? Yes! Yeah. Well. Yes. So. Yes. I don't like your chances, T Bird. I'm not a yeah, fan of okay. the Atlanta Braves. I too know, much pain. Time or two. Yeah. Hey, listen. That was a big deal. And Rob, that you mentioned that it was a big deal that they even let me wear that hat. So thank goodness the uh, the baseball commission they had to approve it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yes, it was. I was fortunate to get to keep the hat on. Okay. During the season. All right. Well, T-Bird, great job once again. Uh, We will be back with much more talking with T-Bird next time. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. If you stay here and listen, your life won't ever be the same. Keep it.